Welcome to the Sick Network Podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora. Hi, and welcome to the Seat Network Podcast, um, episode 28. You join us for today, um, and, and really... This is um, episode 28 is really um, a special episode, a tribute episode um, to to an individual who who was very, very much respected and well-renowned within the Sikh, you know, activist world, really. Um, someone whose whose life and achievements were were, were reflected on just this this last weekend as it was his funeral. Um, and yeah, you won't be surprised, but we're going to be talking about the the Shahidi um, of Bayat Dasin Kanda, who's you. I'm, I'm sure you would have seen over the last week or so the the kind of really astonishing scenes um, from his funeral. I think everyone um, who saw those images, watched the videos, watched it live on the telecast, will will kind of you know. I think everyone will be in agreement that it's a a funeral like none other that you know no one's seen before really in terms of the outpouring of the outpouring of love um, from all the Sangat, really. So that's really what we're going to, you know, talk about and reflect on his journey. Um, some of the some of the misinformation that was spread by by the global media regarding him, and really what his what his quest was in life, and and kind of what you know the things that were really important to him. So delighted to be joined by. Um, the old guard are back today after it's been a while since we've been all together. So Seat Network founder Jazz Singh uh, and also Seat Network member Man Kamal Singh. Why Guru Why Guru So Jazz, um, I kind of touched on it there in, in my intro. Um, a lot of people over the last week or so would have seen, you know, the images and videos from um, Baisab's uh, funeral um, and you know, obviously you were there, and, and obviously you were you were really you know quite quite involved in a lot of the organisation and and kind of making sure everything was okay. I mean, for someone who's so vested into it, and obviously you were emotionally very very connected to the whole scenario. Just talk a bit about you know your experience of the weekend and, and kind of the funeral in particular. Yeah, I think two two key words come to mind really um one it was historic in that what we experienced and those who were there will 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 understand and those who weren't i think will probably feel a little missed out on it in that if you you were there and you spoke with many of our elders that that no one had seen a funeral like this and i and, and i'm not sure we'll we'll see one again um, in the this is the first shahidi we witnessed um, in 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 the UK, and the funeral uh, of a Bantak shahid and, and an Arjavan at that, a young Sikh activist, thirty five years old, is nothing. Um, and when you look at that in in its nature, in terms of how many were there, who were there, from all spectrums. Of the community, all age demographics of the community, every Pantak 
personality that you would have come across over the last 30 years was there. And it was a truly remarkable uh, event in the, in, in the, how it was all organized and put together. Uh, and, I, and I want to say a huge thank you to uh, Michael Deep Singh um, and all the, the committee at Gurnana Goddara Smedic that really hosted it and organized it really well um, to have that many people. I mean, there was probably close to 5,000 people that, that attended the, the funeral, which again, it's, it's unheard of. You, you're talking hundreds or thousands might come to a really large one in the UK, um, maybe a couple. But to surpass all of those um, was, was, was historic, but very fitting as well for Kandar. The, the other word uh, that came to mind was relief. Uh, and that might sound a bit weird to some of the listeners, but if you think about Kandar passed away on the 15th of June, 2023, so it was nearly two months to the day uh, of his passing that we were able to to complete his funeral sanskar. Um, and again, that's unheard of. And we were troubled by every day you're thinking, Let's complete the sanskar. Uh, we, we, we have a duty and an obligation that within the Sikhi protocols, and we've done a podcast on, on the importance of the, the, the funeral sanskar. Um, and at the same time, we were grappling with the circumstances around Kunda's death. So all the suspicion, the investigations, working with the authorities. And then we had the third stream of this was trying to get Mata Janjit Gaur and, and uh, Benji Jaspreet Kaur of Dar's mother and sister over here so they could see him for the final time. So all of these things were going on and, and all of that whilst a, a clock was ticking on whether we could actually give Kandar the, the, the fitting send-off and funeral because obviously mm-hmm. the body deteriorates. Um, we were up against it every day. Was I mean that's all you thought about uh, through the day discussions at night. You're thinking, you know, I mean, where are we failing? Are we going to be able to do this? So to have done it and to uh, still, and we'll touch on all the the the, the challenges, but to still have Kundal's coffin open and for the sangha to to see him and have it done in such a way, it was a huge relief. Uh, it was we, 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 we got it done it wasn't i think like you said we, we, we're going to go on to some of the kind of mishandling you know of the situation as as you touched on and and some of the bigger picture involved but Mankamal, um again obviously you you were there as well on on saturday again kind of what what were your thoughts and you know and emotions did you take from the day and kind of do you want to talk a bit about, I suppose, your personal kind of experience of of Bicep as well? I mean, you know, I mean, Jazz is probably what Jazz is saying is is touched on it in the sense that it was the whole thing was quite surreal um, to a certain to to an extent as well in 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 looking at um, you know the, the whole duration of two months since since Avdar Singh passed away that you know there's there's a funeral um, that's taking place so long after the death you know that's that's completely unheard of. The circumstances Baisab died under, you know, how his family were treated um, around the visa application. 
even getting the body back to Punjab. Um, we'll touch on that, you know, how that became such a big fast. So everything about it, you know, all those challenges that were put forward um, had to be overcome. So it was difficult in every way, but the emotions on that day um, were high. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. You know, it was um, a funeral on a next level, if I want to describe it. You know, I've been to funerals of Gursikhs. Um, you know, I could say I've been to funerals of, of people who are linked with, you know, um, labels Babi Sants as well, you know, Mahapurushis, if you want to call them. But this was different. This was very different, um, you know, not just because of the turnout, but because of the, the the temperament and the way people were conducting themselves and how they were sort of feeling. Now, when we arrived outside the Gurdwara, um, there was a line to do the final darshan of 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 Paisab Sreer. And that line, you know, was was huge. It was massive. I mean, that, that line took probably an hour to get through um, when we came. So, you know, you're in there, you're waiting with Sangat um, to do the, you know, the final darshan. And then, you know, you do get the final darshan of Paisab's um, Sareed. Um, and, you know, to, to the common eye, it may have looked deteriorated, whatever. But for, for me, you know, we saw glow. We saw the glow of Shahid. And, you know, we never, we never ever thought in a million years that we'd ever attend the funeral of a Shahid Singh. You know, we've heard about it in Punjab. We've seen videos of, of Shahid Singh's funerals, whatever. But um, I don't think I ever thought that um, I was gonna, we were ever going to attend it in, in person. So that was a blessing. That was a bakshish in that respect as well, that, you know, we, we experienced and, and we saw that. Um, we saw the Sangat come together, the procession where the coffin was being carried to the carriage, um, you know, of, uh, you know, led by horses. That was powerful. Uh, that was led by a procession. Um, there were, there were um, things holding karpans and, you know, a few thousand um, sl- shouting slogans, um, you know, of, of Khalistan Zindabad. Uh, it's a historic moment. And I think, you know, it's a day and a day that you'll remember forever. And I, I'm grateful I managed to get uh, my family, well, not all my family, but you know, I, I went with my wife and, and daughter, and I know for them as well, it was it was very powerful. Um, and I think you know, for for my daughter, it's it's something that you know I'm hoping that she will talk about to her children and grandchildren, Gahanjaki as well, that you know we were there um, at the funeral of of Shahid by Aftar Singh Khanda. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, this is it's as Mike said. When you're there, you experienced it. Just the just the power. It's one of those, and I think when you think back on it, because everything you you play back and um, being there, organized, you, you you sort of see things and you you miss things, and then you watch it back on the clips and the videos. And and there's two things. It was like a um, paradox of it. It was it was so emotional, and then it was so uplifting and powerful at the same time. So you you'd see people walking with grief, and then as they were walking with grief and tears, arms in the air, shouting Khalistan mm. and Dabad. And I've not seen that. It's one extreme or the other. You see people sad and 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 uh, and grief. Yet they have that 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 energy that you think at, you see at a protest. See that um, jekare does jekare as well. Um, so different because you do jekare at the funeral, and you're always doing it in a very sort of it's always done quietly. If you know, if at the funeral of elders yeah. and whatever, and when we when we say the jekare at the end, you know, it's it's in a respectful manner. Um, this is obviously jekare as, as though we were going into it's battle. You know, punch yeah. jekare, jekare, not even punch jekare. It was just non-stop jekare. 
And, you know, again, that that's completely surreal and, you know, so powerful to, to be part of um, at that point. No, no, and I think mm. that it all goes back to his, his legacy and the, how many people he touched. And, and, and this was... Well, many people never met him as well, but they got to know about him. Yeah. So I met someone, you know, who she stayed in a hotel. She, she and her husband actually came from, um, from, from our end. They stayed in a hotel. Um, so they came on on the on the night before, and they'd never met Avtar Singh Khanda, um, but they'd followed everything, and they just felt that they they needed to be there. So you know, you you get to meet and hear these stories of of people from our community that carried things out like that. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm getting emotional just thinking about it and remembering the day. You know, it's mm. just it's you, it's just something about it that you know you, you can't explain. It was tough, right? And and again, it's one of those where anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, there's so much footage online. Uh, there's the, the full live feed. I think it was on across probably about all the channels. So if you haven't seen it, please do take the time out. Uh, it's on all the socials, Insta, TikTok, uh, or I would say go to YouTube on the PBC official link or the Seek channels link. Um, there are a number of links, even the Kyle channel, um, Politics Punjab. So all the main Sikh channels covered it end to end and just watch it um because what i think the biggest takeaway from kunda's funeral was actually what he lived for mm. was was it was that that spirit yeah. and inspiration for sikki that love for sikki and i think that's something we we many of us need to reconnect to yes uh doing the part and nit name and 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 being a good sikh is important but you you're you can't be complete if you don't have that activism spirit. It's the media PD, you know, yeah. It's just like media PD is just a label. And it, I, I obviously get so annoyed how it just gets used as a label. But you know, that that PD side, um so that that you know, uh, the media side, sorry, yeah. is is you know, it's so paramount and you know, it's often just covered up. Um that's, you what know what? Kunda was, that's what Kunda was known for. And that's yeah, yeah. V was was that's what they that's what he's revered for on, on, on his funeral was his his courage and his bravery. Yeah, yeah. Right? Even mm-hmm. when he stood alone, he stood with that same strength. And I think that's something that we that I hope I mean it inspires me, right? And now you look at your interactions. I, I relive all the conversations I had with him. I, I all know. of them. Now in a completely different light. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's the most surreal thing is when like someone I'm blessed to away. have them rather than me telling yeah. him. Kunda, you need to do this. You need to land here. Here's what you need to do. I'm not looking back, thinking, "What the hell?" You know, yeah, this yeah. is. I'm blessed yeah, to have had those time with him. You, you look, you look back. I mean, one thing I want to say about the funeral as well is the one thing that the takeaway I took is unity, and I think uh, you know that that unity that w- was there that day. You know, when these old people, were, we were all one. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, there is a sort of um, act where the all all the, all the channels came together. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to look at that as well. You know, the Sikh media mm. channels under one platform, they, they broadcast from the same platform. So you had four channels there um, working together. And I, I think, you know, uh, Avtar Singh Khanda's death, you know, Shahidi bought, bought these channels together to work, mm. um, you know, as that. But touching on what you're saying as well, Jazz, you know, you do look back at those. I didn't have as much interaction with um, Avtar Singh uh, Khanda as, as, as much as you would have had Um but I do look back now and I sort of remember the, the timelines and at the funeral when the Shadanjali's were being um, put out there and people were talking about his legacy and stuff. You know, you do start remembering things, you know, Faisal 
Um, when he first came, he, you know, he was he was lived in Ilford for a period of time. He was in Barking, and you know, I used to see him at Barking Gurdwara. And again, I just remember him because he was tall. Um, you 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 remembered him because he was you know he stood out. But I think it was when the Pai Rajwana um, the Murche were taking place at the time of Pai Balan Singh Rajwana's hanging. Um, uh, uh, that's the first time I remember coming across of Singh Khanda um, and, you know, seeing him there. And then, you know, we saw him in the Kesri Lair uh, movement that took place outside Downing Street for that long duration, where then I think of Singh became quite a, a, a face associated with that because he was there, or, you know, mm. all, almost all the time. And you saw mm. his face around there. But what I remember of Avtar Singh is I don't, he, he didn't crave to be at the forefront. He didn't crave um, any sign of leadership. He sort of gravitated and, and people pushed him in that direction. So that, that's a gift in itself. You know, we've been around long enough to, to see all the chodder and to see all that hunger for the stage and the mic. Um, I mean, for God's sake, you see it at the 84 rally, you know, and yeah. you're sort of used to seeing that behavior. But Avtar Singh, it was just, it, in his way, it was that humble, um, you know, he, he didn't need to have the mic. If you gave him the mic, he would speak on the mic. Yeah. And, you know, it was almost that that kind of thing, you know, that, you know, of Thar Singh's here, he's going to, we'll give it, give him some stage time, um, you know, without him actually demanding it. So, you know, there was a presence there. And uh, I think Reshim Singh Babbar, Paisab Reshim Singh Babbar has said something at the funeral as well, because, you know, Sheed Singh's are born special. And now in hindsight, you can look back and, you know, you can look back at some of those actions and the way he behaved and the way he conducted himself, you know, you know, even up to his death, um, mm. you know, on, on his deathbed, when he's actually saying things about Seva, like uh, the flags, mm. are, our flags are in, there's a recording where he's saying the flags are in the cupboard. Um, but he's left a voicemail. Can you please um, tell so-and-so to pick him up? And can you tell so-and-so to do this and so-and-so to do that? He's saying this literally hours before he's going to die. Um, it just shows the mindset that um, Baisab had. Mm, absolutely. And, and Jazz, I suppose what I want to touch on now was kind of Baisab's kind of internal character. We've kind of mentioned it a little bit, but in terms of his background, his his family history, the Shahidi of his father, because I suppose from a, a British media perspective, they they were always quite interested in Baisab, weren't they? You yourself have, you know, you've been speaking to the likes of Sky and so forth over the last week. Um, and misinformation over Baisab is something that we've always, and just generally over Sikh activists, is, is, is always at the forefront of what we're discussing. But Jazz, do you want to talk about, I suppose, for people who may have come across Baisab over the last week or so because of the highlights of his, of his funeral, really... What was he about? What was his journey about? And obviously, the huge connection to, to like I said, the the Shahidi of his of his father. Yeah, I think again, this is another real positive character trait um, he he had in that he was a son of a Shahid and a major. Say everyone is is equal, but his father Kalwan Singh Kukrana, uh, who attained Shahidi in 1991, was played an active part in the Sikh struggle in the early days after the uh, 1984 attack on uh, Sidi Darbar Sahib and the Akal Takht. And his father was played significant roles. He was in the Sikh Student Federation. Uh, he was the president of the Mogga district. Um, he was around all the major 
Sikh leadership in the late 80s. Um, and he was very close with and served under Gurjan Singh Butsingwala, who was the jet head of uh, the Khalistan Liberation Force. And, and that relationship went on because of the both of Dar and Deep Sidhu were very close with Gurjan Singh Butsingwala and his family, and they were both inspired by him. So his father was a very active and very prominent Gursik who attained Shahidi in, in, in the movement. And Panda was three years old. Uh, he was, I mean, his dad was only married to his mother, Mataji uh, Bibichanjit Kaur, for about five, five years, I think. So very, you could consider newlyweds. Um, and she loses her husband. Mata Chandit Kaur loses her husband five, six years into her marriage. And she's left with a young son who's three years old and a very young daughter, I think 21, sort of, I think she's weeks old. And to go through that trauma and to make matters worse, whilst there's, you can take an element of pride in one giving shahidi for the calm, but the, the, the family tragedy and that loss and that grief for that, for that individual is immense. But then not to be have given the body of your husband. And this was really what I think hurt all of us hard. Of how we, I mean, we can never comprehend or even understand Mataji's pain and sacrifice in, in this case, because she did not get the body to perform the last rites of her own husband. Mm. And then when Kunda's 10, uh, in 2010, I think she sends his, her son out. Um, he's a young teenager to, to escape India and the persecution of the Punjab police and the authorities. She thinks, okay, my young son, I need to keep him safe. Sends him to, to, to England and he becomes an activist instantly. Uh, he doesn't pursue economic gains or, 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 or other social interests. As soon as he lands here, he's in the middle of the, the Sikh activism and the protests. I mean, that's yeah. when I first met him uh, in 2010. Um, and I, I, I only, only realized who he was a couple of years later uh, in 2012 around the Rajwana Morcha when my dad told me that he's, he's Kalwan Singh Kukarana's son and, and Kalwan Singh's photo is in our Langar Hall at the Guru Gajandev Gurdwara Shahidi Gallery in, in Derby. So I instantly knew his father and when my dad told him that's his son, obviously I gravitate to him. And he never once, and he's one thing I can say, and I've had the privilege to meet many families of Shahid Parvars, but very few of those. The difference between Kanda and many others was children, brothers of, of Shahids are very infrequently are they active on the front line. Mm. And whether that's a toll or a weight that's on them, or whether that's a... A, a, a burden that they may not be able to live up to the, those standards. They don't want to let the panta down or whether they're just steered away from that and shielded from the calm and the panta duties. I don't know. Everyone will have their own reasons for it. And we're in no position to, to sort of question those, but it is true that very few 
connected or direct descendants are active. And Kunda was one of those. And he was in the UK. And in the UK, there's even fewer. Yet he never sort of threw his father's name around. He never even took the surname Kukrana. It was Avtar Singh Kunda. Um, so he do, you, never do you know where the Kunda came from? My, my daughter was actually asking that. And I, I, I couldn't answer the question. Yeah, I don't know if an, anyone knows the answer. It's an interesting story how, how, he, how he took the name. Um, and if I recall correctly, it was uh, it was out of sort of like when they he he took the name Kunda because he was it, it was like when he was a very young kid and when he was sort of older, he, he personally took the name Kunda uh, in that as a Kunda. He was born in Rode, wasn't he? I think yeah. he was born in Rode during when everything was sort of quite as a, as a Kunda is is, yeah. is is two sides to it, and if, again. That was was his principles. Yeah, um, yeah. a powerful symbol. He later added Azad in that he was free. Yeah, yeah. As in free is a state of conscious. Uh, his conscious was completely free and not imprisoned yeah, yeah. or galam as his whether his body might be or or, or uh, our homeland. And it was that embodiment of freedom that he then lived through. And and he never used, never sort of tried to use any uh, of his father's accolades or claims and again that's that's rare right mm. um and kunda if anything you could say not only lived up to his father's expectations some would say even uh went beyond because just of of the global reach he had and in such a short period of time who he was able to connect with um his life was all around the Sikh struggle he didn't compromise he didn't uh, soften it down. He didn't um, sort of sugarcoat it. He said it mm. how it is. And he, he had was... he had the Punjabi connections, didn't he, as well? Which was, uh, you know, you see the images of of the Punjabi stars and actors and singers as well. Um, you know, Kanda's connections with them um, seemed to be quite strong. So it wasn't just, you know, within the Pantic circles, there was a sort of Punjabi crossover appeal as well. Yeah, exactly. and I think this goes back to his relationship with Deep Siddhu. Mm-hmm. Um, in that when he knew Deep Siddhu from a very young age, and, and something I'll share is I never saw Kanda emotional. Um even when he was even when he personally was being harassed mm-hmm. and he was receiving phone calls from the Punjab police on what we'll touch on this stuff, and even his family, his mother or sister was being harassed, he was still strong. And determined, the day I saw him break down and cry um, is when Deep Siddhu died. The next day, I went to uh, the studios of PBC, and he was sitting there, and, and we greeted each other. And that Munda Lakiroya, right? And that's when I, I, I realized, and it, it did break him. I think a part of it really did affect him. That's how close he was with Deep Siddhu, and he saw that Deep was connecting with that vision that sort and that no one had done for a very long time and and i think that inspiration that he had crossed over because obviously deep Siddhu was still an actor a very popular actor at that time mm-hmm. so kandavai was was exposed to that whole industry mm-hmm. and all of them would come and see him and yeah, I, used to, yeah. I used to joke with him i was like is there anyone left that doesn't come and see you here right and all the stars and so, so again, like you said, he had that appeal and that connection with them all. Um, it's just a shame 
not all of them stood with him in his time of need when he was becoming a target and the Indians mm. falsely um, exposed him. Not enough stood up and spoke for him on his behalf. Uh, and they were all sort of shy and wary of those pictures. I think they were all, yeah, well, that was it. This is what we look back in hindsight now. And it was that that silence, you know, and that deafening silence from from people. And maybe it was like, if we keep quiet, uh, this will just sort of brush over. But um, it didn't. And I think that's something we really do need to discuss is how this escalated, uh, you know, and how Kanda was became a target from 2015 onwards, really, you know, mm. from that dossier, from when when that Modi meeting took place in the UK and that dossier was left behind um, and just hovered around. And again, just sound bites from that dossier. We never got to see the full dossier, but one of the sound bites that came out of that dossier was of Tarsing um, Kanda's name. And that's when I really first, probably in 2015, when I made the connection, that's when I first found out that he was the Shahid Singh's um, son. And I, I, you know, I, di- I didn't know enough about the Shahid Singh's at the time, who's who. Um, but it was it was from there on that we started seeing then Kanda's name appear, um, along with Paramjit Singh Pamma, um, and they even talked to the Saab Sabjit Singh Rajwana because he was mm-hmm. very vocal at the time. I mean, the, was he in the dossier? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, so so he was in the dossier. I, checked, I didn't realize they, they talked right, to right. his YouTube channel because he was the most popular pracharak at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, his videos out what, woke up a lot of people for the, mm. for that protest, and he, I mean, we used to speak. He got all sorts of threats. Mm-hmm. Um, Kunda the same because he was a vocal speaker a figurehead he became a target. but he wasn't that vocal I think at the time in terms of the targeting or you know he was targeted for another reason I believe as well because he wasn't as I was quite surprised because I knew him but I wouldn't have put him down as being one of the vocal um, individuals that needs to be targeted so there was something more to it I felt yeah I think it was whether whether it was the groundwork whether he's had the connections whether it's his background mm-hmm. he's from the same I think the background yeah yeah I think it was, it was also, just that. I think his application for asylum uh, was was being pulled together um, so there was a number of factors and there were other organisations that they were targeting at the time in that dossier but you're right Kundal was mentioned in there as were others Um and then you had the Juggy connection. So, and probably very few will know this, but he was very close with Juggy. Right. Um, and they spent a huge amount of time together, talked about the Sangarsh, talked about the Jeevanis. And this is one of Kunda's biggest legacies, uh, even to this day. So if you go on the website, 1984 Tribute, You'll have hundreds of Jeevanis uh, bios of all the Shahid Singhs, what happened, what they did, circumstances around their Shahidi. Um, and where did those bios come from? A significant proportion of those bios came via Kanda mm. because he had the Punjab links. Because as soon as he'd pick up the phone to a bend and say, or they'd say, yeah, he did that. Gulwan uh, Singh son wants to talk to you. Instant respect and instant access because they trusted him. They knew what kind of stock he was from, what kind of parvar he was from, and people were willing to share their stories with him. And then him, Juggi, and some of the other Sevadars would then document them in English. Uh, and now we've got that resource on the website and in, in, the, in the Sikh martyrs' books. Uh, which the Sevadars are doing now. So 
but that was all because of Kanda. And even even till today, recent Jeevanis that were being written up was also going through Kanda. Mm-hmm. But that's the connection he had. And anyone who was active, that if we needed a connection in Punjab or we needed to do so, you'd go via him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because for him, it's, he'd just pull his phone out in front of you and just make the call. Um, and I think I saw uh, an interview, I think I came across one as well, where Kanda's talking about um, Deep Siddhu as well. And I think we always probably assumed that Deep Siddhu was influential in Kanda's life. But from the conversation I picked up, from my understanding, it was Kanda was more influential. He was the yeah. original influencer yeah. in Deep Siddhu's um, turning yeah. um, into, into sort of more political thought. Um, but I think he was sitting on the sort of periphery of it initially. Deep Siddhu was when he was researching and reading. But it was Kanda that pushed him and gave him the sort of guidance and more understanding so again, there's there's big influence there. That Ali Deep, Amritpal, Amritpal yeah, now, yeah. who who picked up the mantle after Deep, he he was, I won't say molded, but he was inspired by mm. Kanda. And the, well, the Indian media would call had, it masterminding, wouldn't they? Well, they branded it as masterminding. For, for everything everything yeah. for them yeah. is a negative perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and ultimately, this goes to his own knowledge, his own knowledge. Uh, of of Gurbani, of Sikhi, of the Sikh struggle. And that's why he was such a powerful speaker because he had that knowledge and he was inspirational and he was able to um, sort of share that uh, and transform people's lives. Absolutely. And I think it's um, sort of a good time to kind of look at, I mean, we've already touched on it really, but some of the mishandlings and I suppose the cover-up nature of 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 a lot of the information that's kind of out there. I mean, I suppose the first thing is, and again, we're all aware of the kind of media portrayal and the kind of false narratives that have been trying to come out there. But ultimately, it's kind of led to his mother and, and sister being denied access and denied a visa to, to, to see the funeral um, and, and obviously pay their last respects. And so Jazz kind of maybe touching on that particular decision and obviously some of the things that you were privy to um, post his his passing, um, that obviously led to his funeral being, as we mentioned, quite a, quite a while after he actually passed away. Yeah, and I think, look, the suspicion really started in, in March when, I think it was on the 19th of, of March, the flag is pulled down from the Indian High Commission uh, by a small group of protesters. Um, and we've covered this on previous podcasts as well, so anyone can go back and listen to them in detail. But Kunda was made the target, and that was that was wasn't accidental because he wasn't there, right? Um, and the main protest was planned for the twenty second of March, which was two days later. Um, and a, a, a small group of individuals went to the High Commission on the Sunday and things escalated, the flag was pulled down. But immediately, Kanda was put out there on social media by India, Twitter handles, media handles, and then that that complete lie made it into Indian mainstream media. And they were peddling this out as breaking news, Kanda the culprit, desecrates the, the, the pulls the flag down, uh, and he's enemy of the state. Number one, this was all by design. 
as, as, as Mankama mentioned, they were after Kanda. They were watching him. They knew how influential he was with Deep Siddhu, with Amrit Pal. Amrit Pal had just been apprehended. Uh, well, the, the, the Punjab crackdown had happened and, and Amrit Pal was, on, was in hiding um, or had evaded, the, shall we say, the police authorities and they were still hunting for him. So they suspected we need the way to get him is via Kunda. So let's make Kunda the target. So this is all by design. They purposely put his name out there and continue to peddle it, despite them well, knowing full well he wasn't there and he wasn't arrested and he wasn't the culprit. And I think that's um, the important thing to to follow up on as well for the listeners is that we know now that he's never been arrested um, for that incident by the Metropolitan Police. Um, and he's never been questioned either. Nor was he questioned exactly. And there was someone arrested and it's not of Darsin Kanda. Um, and that person has been released as well. Now, we've got to see in context, people automatically feel flag desecration is the worst thing that can happen. And it's just because we've been inbuilt with this whole sort of conditioned into the Indian flag must be respected and whatever, um, because we've seen it in Bollywood films and, you know, people give their lives for the flag, whatever. Flag desecration is not a crime in itself in this country. Now, yes, there, there was some criminal damage. Um, you can argue that 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 you know has been investigated by the police, and you know that's what the, the individual has been arrested for and investigated on. But flag desecration is not mm. uh, an issue, and we did see flag burning. You know, um, we've been seeing it forty years, and we saw it at Kanda's funeral as well. Huh? You know, there were people who were doing it. It happens. You know, well, you see it, the, happens, it happens. It happens. flag. Daily. You see the Russian flag. Right? You see India, the Russian flag burnt as well. Yeah, Hindus are burning the flag, right? That are against the 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 government and the state. You've got. Other minorities in India who, who are being oppressed by that flag will, will exercise their protest by burning it, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't see, it's symbolic. Yeah. You don't see their pictures as India's most wanted. So this was, this was a, a clear, sinister plan to target him. And then what happens is um, you had the NIA, the National Investigation Agency of India, arrive in the UK. Which is bizarre. Uh, the, the, the intelligence agencies of a foreign country come over here when there's no crime committed here. So, this is the key thing. Yes, you might say, yeah, foreign countries and foreign intelligence share information. And, and yes, I'm sure they do when a crime is committed. And that's the key thing. If, the, if, if, if a crime's been committed, you'll have joint intelligence services, joint police forces. But this was no crime. And this was in and, May um, that yeah, the NIA this team is, was sent to investigate the embassy flag incident, as they called it. Yeah, and Kandar was uh, seeking asylum, and he was act- living in the UK. So what's this got to do with India? But again, it was all around the targeting of him. NIA agents arrived here, a hit list was issued, um, and Kandar's name was front and centre. And they made him political. They made him a political target. And... What happens with that is you put somebody's picture out, wall to wall, 1.4 billion people are being uh, exposed to this individual who's done nothing wrong. Let's get that. Yeah. He's done absolutely nothing wrong, wasn't even there, yet you turn him into the enemy. And you have every commentator calling for on all the nutters to go and get go and get Kanda. Major General Gorov. Uh, Arya Gaurav, a former major in the Indian Army, goes out on Pub- Republic TV on his YouTube channel, basically giving him death threats. Yeah, right. So all this is playing out in the background. His wife, sorry, his his mother 
and his sister are being harassed. He's receiving phone calls. Um, and so then the, suddenly, as part of the crackdown as well, I think just for the listeners, as part of that crackdown on Amritpal, yeah. when the mass manhunt was going on at that point in time, um, Aftar Singh Khanda's uh, mother and sister were also arrested uh, or they faced threats and they were also arrested at the time yeah, as well. They, they were taken into police uh, yeah. daily and and they were forcing him to phone Khanda up and say, oh, to share information of where Amritpal is. Um, that's how specific they were. And then we were, and many of us got to see him, I think probably be the last time for many people was at the 1984 June Remembrance Rally on the 4th mm-hmm. of June. Uh, he was there. He was around with his Kamal for, for a good couple of hours. Yeah, you know, uh, and he was up. exactly as normal as as, as ever. Yeah. You know, we, we said off at this, you know, we spoke for a bit. Um, in fact, that was the time I actually mentioned to him. I said, do you want You should take legal action. Yeah. against what the Indian media is saying. And he, he actually said to me, you know, these, are, these things happen. Bothered. Yeah, He took it on the chin. He goes, these things happen. And, I thought, okay. and then we just moved on to something else. And that know? just shows you, despite the amount of pressure that they put him under, he still would not, would refuse to compromise the calm to mm. say, oh, what happened was wrong or distance himself from it or show any. I mean, he was that steadfast in his, in his belief for the calm that he... He would stood all that on him, even though it was all full of lies. And like they say, mm. that is exactly what Kanda lived by. Um, and, and even on the 4th of June, we, 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 we spoke uh, and we talked about plans. We were talking about the Khalsa Vahid coming up, how, mm-hmm. what we were going to do, how do we keep, how do we keep it alive? Um, and, and we were making plans and, and then after that, we spoke again on the phone. And then uh, it wasn't until the the Monday, uh, the thirteenth of June. It was the twelfth of June. I got right. a call mm. to say, "Oh, Baiji is in hospital. He's not well." And you think, "Okay, right? Oh, he's not well, right? Okay. Well, he's in at least he's in hospital because I'd never, you know, I'd, like you said, many have said it. He never had a doctor." He'd never taken paracetamol. He just wasn't ill, right? And then, and I spoke with Jita, who was very close with him. Uh, he said he's serious. And and I was I was concerned and was worried. And then on Tuesday morning, I spoke with him again. Uh, and he told me what's what. Uh, and that's when he I sort of first learned that the doctors had diagnosed him with uh, acute myeloid leukemia, which is a, which is a, a blood cancer. And they'd they'd done a number of tests on him and realized that he had a huge, uh, really significant elevated white uh, blood cell uh, count. Um, And if you think about the normal count is about 11 in a normal, healthy uh, individual, his white cell count was 240. So it was, it was significant. Um, And so so he was unwell. and again, you're scratching your head thinking, hold on. I just spoke to the guy a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. met him a week ago, right? It don't, it don't add up. And then he was in hospital uh, and, you, and you're still thinking, spoken to the doctors. The doctors were optimistic. So, hold on. Yeah, nowadays you, you've got an 80% chance recovery from mm-hmm. AML. It's not considered life-threatening. Yes, he was. Com- they, they identified blood clots in his in his 
body and in his system. Um, but even those things, once you know about them, they're treatable. Uh, and, and he's not at home. He's in probably one of the best facilities for this this type of uh, this type of condition. Yet, and even saying that rapid, yeah, yeah. that rapid passing away, and, and things it's, there. It's really unheard of. Yeah, I mean, even I met R- Ravi at the funeral. Ravi Khal Said, he went to see Kanda um, the day before, or perhaps two days before. And again, you know, it that rapid deterioration. You know, even Ravi was saying it's just unheard of. You know, people have AML, but it's you know and they, mm. they get diagnosed with it, but it's a slow um, duration. It's you know it's it, over a period of time, and like you said, it, or or it can be treated. But this was so sudden. This was a yeah. matter of days, and surely that's suspicious in itself. Um, it it how was fast- because then, then they what what really made it suspicious was another time. Everyone's obviously the. the very few knew about this at the time. And then people are hearing, oh, Kunda's in hospital. And next minute, the Indian media are putting out Kunda's been poisoned. That was on the Tuesday. I right. remember that so vividly that by Tuesday, it was out there already. And I think India yeah. Today uh, suspected poisoning or India Today or, or Times. One of the Indian papers, one of the big ones, had put it out by yeah. the Tuesday. That, that was quite poisoning. strange, don't you think? What, what, why do you think they went... So quickly, but they wanted to, uh, to set the yeah. na- but they wanted to set the narrative, didn't they? I think they wanted to set a narrative um, and put a message out there, um, which didn't get away. Suspected poisoning, they can get away with that, um, but at the same time, you know, um, well, well, get a message out. Then their narrative is, "We got you." Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, this is it. Mm-hmm. And you, you can get away this, with that. Yeah. Or we've got you, right? So it was a blatant uh, revenge attack. Mm. And then, yeah, so yeah, it's right because I think just sorry to interrupt there, just but I think it's again to to, to maybe people who who are coming across um, this story quite you know recently and perhaps don't know um, you know the deep background of things. Again, it's all part of that bigger picture. We we've mentioned his relationship with uh, Deep Sidhu and Bayamrat Pal Singh and and obviously his family history. For something like that to happen so sudden. To him, and 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 in the world of of Sikh activism, we've seen these these pillars at the top in the last eighteen months, you know, pass away in one circumstance or another. Mm. So I think it's it's really rational for for people to to be suspicious about this of a you know of a, a young thirty five year old guy to to go from you know like you said and, and Jazz you were closer to it than anyone to go from. You know, zero to a hundred really quick in terms of the deterioration of his health. Um, so, in terms of the the kind of poisoning narrative and 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 the kind of quest for truth, I know you were involved quite a lot in the sort of post mortem process and 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 the kind of getting trying to reach out to certain specialists who who can maybe look into it a bit more deeply. Do you want to just? Talk yeah, about kind of what process was like. Yeah, because obviously Kunda passes away, and, and there was all sorts of questions around hospitals' actions and the doctors and stuff. But even if you sort of take that for what it was, uh, and people, you think, okay, AML, blood clots, okay, I can see the logic. But what what you can't get your head around, and now I think, like myself, many others, and those also involved. Uh, at the forefront were convinced of was how the authorities completely abused their their power and their process to 
to completely neglect their duty of care to him and his family. And I think if you used to say a 35-year-old man goes into hospital, three days later, he's dead. And he's a big political figure. There were death threats globally for him. He's, he's, people are claiming they've poisoned him. And these aren't random, unnamed individuals. This is uh, a, a superpower country and individuals connected to that uh, form of army individuals. And then you've got the huge community here uh, and the family's uh, need for, for, for a full investigation. It's the bare minimum of a coroner to do an autopsy. You do autopsies for, for anything. It's just a standard process. If there's any question or any doubt uh, or any element of controversy, no matter how small, it's a standard process. Now, what they told us on the, on the Friday, the special investigation unit uh, of the police, uh, they arrived and they'd give a message to the, to the hospital to bag Kunda's body and seal it so basically avoid any contamination so this is on the friday so thursday passes away the family had seen him friday afternoon there's one more visit allowed after that that's it body sealed uh and it's put away no one was allowed to go nowhere near it the coroner it, the case is escalated to the senior coroner because he would put pressure on and so you say okay there's going to be a full autopsy let's wait and see you give it the benefit of the doubt thinking okay but there's always suspicion in the back of your mind, thinking, okay, is this what the Russians have done? Is this what Mossad has all, all, all done? Um, and really, the circumstances are suspicious. But then when, as things uh, sort of plan out, you then have, four days later, you then have the assassination of Hardeep Singh Nijar in Canada, another Khalistani activist, uh, young activist, prominent Sikh figure, again, targeted by the Indian government and eliminated. Then the whole thing is thrown into the mix uh, because there are threats that were made. We've got Deep Siddhu. Um, he, he desecrated the flag at the Red Fort. We got him. Kanda, we've, we've got him. Canada, you're next. And then Nijar, uh, by a Deep Singh Nijar is targeted. So then it's no longer a conspiracy. It's now becoming uh, highly likely and probable. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? The coroner then does a complete U-turn. So the coroner for Birmingham and Solihull, who's handling this case, refuses to do the autopsy and a post-mortem and says it's not necessary. I was like, well, based on what? Uh, and there is a whole detailed report that's going to be issued uh, soon, which is going to lay all of the, the chronology and, the, and the, the facts out. But the coroner completely refuses to do an autopsy. There's various demands from the family, putting pressure on, hold on, that's fine, that's your opinion, but we don't accept your opinion. We want it. Even then, it's a duty to perform it. Uh, again, that's refused. The police then refuse to investigate. And there's this cat and mouse with the police and the coroner. They refused, they refused, they didn't, uh, yeah, the funeral was mentioned, they didn't give a crime reference number because they would yeah. completely refuse to even log um, that a crime has been committed. Yeah, and for the benefit of our listeners, the way they did it, so the coroner is a, is a arm of the police. Um, and what the, 
what the West Midlands Police are saying is, is if the coroner tells us that there's suspicious circumstances to this death, we'll investigate. Even though they're taking a statement, when you take a statement, there's the prime reference number immediately. But they, they, they refuse to share it because then they would have had to close out that investigation. So they've, they've disregarded their own duties and processes, which will be looked into. But that's their line. And the coroner was saying, well, I don't have no reasons of suspicion. Well, we haven't even looked done an autopsy. So, how... so you're refusing to look at the case because you don't want to discover anything. Because if you discovered it, the police would get involved. And therefore, you don't want to get the police involved. So it was a cycle of shutting things down. And then what happens uh, about a week and two weeks now, we're about two weeks later. Um, and then we start exploring private autopsies, thinking, OK, if you don't do it, we'll get it done ourselves. So we explored a number of private pathologists. Uh, and again, I think we touched this on the previous podcast, but very few were, most people were reluctant to touch the case. There was a group of pathologists that would probably Google Kanda, Google the Indian uh, angle here, poisoning, and actually were very nervous, uh, largely because of the blowback after the after the Russian Litvinchenko case, yeah, uh, and how that was mis uh identified initially they had to redig up the body and they found the the the, the stomach contents which would contain the poison and the polonium so there, there was a risk to pathologists in doing it when we we finally got to coventry nhs hospital were willing to do it but they needed because it's an nhs public hospital they needed the case to be transferred from from birmingham which is a straightforward procedure the coroner refused to do it. So the point blank said, we're not going to, we, 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 we don't give, uh, we won't give the authority for the transfer. If you want to do a private one, go and get a private one. We then, with huge efforts from everybody, all the, all the team involved, we've managed to get uh, a senior pathologist, highly qualified, and over 4,000 autopsies in this space. It was all arranged for him to come and do the autopsy. And within that space, the coroner, had given the authority, despite knowing all this is happening, gave the authority to uh, Birmingham City Hospital to move Kunda's body into the freezer. So they moved him from a fridge where he was kept to Sandwell Hospital because they have the freezer there. Mm. Knowing full well, now we're ordinary people, right? These guys are experts. This is what they do day in, day out. They knew very well that once you put a body into a freezer, yeah, it then takes the five days. Yeah, well, not only yeah. does it do that, but it also, mm. you then have to allow five days to do any kind of autopsy for it to mm. sort of defrost because it can impact the samples. So if you, if they're informed that, okay, we're going to do a private autopsy, can you tell us what days you're available and can we use it? And then you suddenly give that decision, which is highly questionable. Well, actually, totally, completely inappropriate. So then we discovered that that's happened. So we've had to put off the, the pathologist, put him back a week so it can have the sufficient time. And then when he comes back to do it, the coroner, the same coroner, Birmingham Solio, refuse access. Hmm. So, and then, then you're thinking, why did they refuse access? So this well, is basically what reason the, did they give for that? Yeah. Said, oh, uh, you need to get your own venue. You need to do it at your own venue. I mean, this is oh, the right. hospital he's in. His body's in a hospital. Yeah, you're not going to give a private pathologist that does significant portion of his work for the NHS 
access to the hospital. And this, again, is routine. Even the pathologist said to me, give me the number, I'll liaise with them, and we'll get it sorted, right? This is what happens. Pathologists come from all over the country, and they'll come with, the body doesn't go to them, they go to the body. Yeah, yeah. Right? But this circumstances, they said, no, you need to arrange to take the body somewhere else where you can do it. I was like, well, and this, they're saying this to the family of the deceased in their time of grief. Who was next of kin, Jazz? People have asked that question as well. Uh, uh, so, the, so, the... so his next of kin, allocated next of kin was uh, Jigjis and Jita, uh, who most people know from either KTV or PBC. And that yeah. was Kunda's own decision. Yeah, okay. Um, so when Kunda was admitted into hospital on Sunday evening, they asked him, okay, who's your next of kin? Again, which is a standard question. Mm-hmm. And he was around uh, his loved ones. And Baiji said himself, put Jita's name down as my next of kin. So he actually yeah. had nominated Jita. Because we know uh, Kanda didn't have any blood relatives in the right. UK. They may have been distant relatives, but his blood relatives were not here. Yeah. Well, he had adopted relatives, in fact, you could call them. Yeah. Uh, he had no blood relatives. So yeah, he'd, he'd uh, nominated Jita as his next of kin. And then from then on, all the communication was was via Jita. Uh, and, and this was very open, and he, he was working with us all to sort of get the right communication in there. And so, none so, of us... Yeah. yeah. No, go we, we were scratching our heads around, why, why all this hindrance? Why all these obstacles? Surely, if the state had nothing to do with it, and if it was absolutely medically clear that he died from AML and blood clots, primary embolism, then why not put it to rest? Why not conduct the autopsy? Why not do all the, the detailed toxicology and put it out there in the public domain to say, here's, here, here's the evidence? To then not only hinder that happening, completely avoid getting to the truth and, and not perform any of that and stop us doing it privately only arouse greater suspicion that, hold on, this is a cover-up now. Um, and, and this sort of then continued when you then, where we then got to was we were in a dispute with the coroner over cause of death. And at the same time, we were waiting on the visa. And this is where the conspiracy really takes hold of how the UK government have covered this up. So not only medically are they, are they are blocking all the, all the access to the truth, then a, a five-day process is initiated for the visa in June. Uh, I think it was 21st of June. And Nothing. So the Home Office, after about five, five, two or three days, respond to say, can we have the death certificate? Which is normal practice. And the lawyer responds back with, we don't have the death certificate because cause of death hasn't been determined. It's under investigation. Which is, again, that's the process, that's the process. And then a letter from the hospital, from the doctor, is issued to confirm Kundas died in hospital. Because that's all they want, proof of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sent. Then there's radio silence for weeks. And then they come back after various questioning, saying, hold on, what's going on? This is a rapid, oh, it's a complex case. Well, like, hold on, what, what's the complexity on it? Someone's died. His mother wants to come uh, and his sister to pay their, pay their last respects and come perform the right, last rites. And then they come back with, well, we need the death certificate. So this comes up again. Because at the same time, we're now really challenging the coroner. So the timelines are parallel. And then the Home Office say, 
without a, a death certificate, we can't consider the application. So effectively blackmailing the family to accept the cause of death mm. and have a death certificate issued. And in between that, we went to the coroner and said, can you issue a death certificate with the cause of death pending investigation? And she refused to do that, even though there has been instances where that's been done. Because where you have, let's say, uh, where you have an inquest and, and these things are drawn out for months, a death certificate is issued, right, for you to do that. Because people, death certificate isn't just a normal piece of paper. You can't do a funeral without the death certificate. Now, if there's an inquest or, or some kind of inquiry, typically that will go on, but you have, you, you'll do the funeral. And they'll, you'll carry on with samples or, or, or the, re, the investigation will continue. So a death certificate is issued based on pending investigation. But they refused to do that in this case, meaning we couldn't complete Kunda's sanskar and we couldn't uh, have a death certificate, which the Home Office were demanding, which again, abnormal, because they had all they needed. So they knew what was happening with the medical side in that the family are refusing to to confirm the death and are pursuing this autopsy route. And, okay, let's force them to accept it by saying we need it for your application. So what they did was said, okay, put, put the family in a, in a situation where they had to decide to either pursue the coroner and fight the cause of death and risk the mother and the daughter not coming over. And that was just a choice no one could make. How could you refuse? We talked about the trauma of, the, of, of Madadi and, and Benji of what they faced. That was always a priority for them to be here. So the death certificate was accepted, issued to the Home Office. And then a few days, a week later, on the 28th of July, they rejected the visa. And in the rejection letter, it was the most shocking uh, reasons I've ever come across. They, they cited discrepancies between previous applications, but those applications were made at a different point in time. Situations were different, whether it's a finance situation, whether it's a career. These people in India, Madhaji, whether she was doing the same job she did in 2009 or now, I mean, in 2018, it's irrelevant. There were minor points. She wasn't coming here as an economic migrant, nor was she coming here as a student visa. She was coming here to, to, to effectively cremate her son. And then they cited Indian, and this was the shocking thing, they cited, quoted Indian articles in a home office, UK home office refusal letter saying you were um, reported as being complicit in these troubles where Amritpal was, was wanted for. You were questioned, you were detained, uh, and your character is questionable. They were harassed. Yet they the Home Officers relied on fake India reporting to question their character and refuse the visa. And then what they further did, they refused to consider her appeal on human rights grounds, on humanitarian grounds. Now, which person, anyone listening to this podcast, which person, whether you like Kandao or you, you have the same political views, put that all aside. A mother who lost her husband after five years, raised her son, only son, sends him abroad, hasn't seen him since 2010. Here's the shocking news that he's passed away at the ripe age of 35, not even been married yet. And she's been targeted and victimized 
and then told you can't come here and see his face one more time uh, and and put him to rest with your own hands and do Definitely. not consider that a humanitarian plea disgusting it's, it's, it's disgusting yeah. and it, is, it, it makes me sick that you know if this is a white european yeah. family and i'll tell you it would have been so different i mean look even in war you know, you see, even in, we hear these stories about the First World War and the Second World War, where enemies still respected bodies and returned bodies to enemy lines. And, you know, the, these these guys, um, you know, I'm calling them guys, but, you know, I, I don't want to swear on this podcast. But this actually shows what we're up against and how we are treated. Um, and, you know, we talk about being second, third class citizens. This is what we are now in the UK. This is what will always be here. Um, it's disgusting and it's, it's, it's absolutely disgraceful. It, Can't we do a judicial is. review? I mean, I was talking to the Sikhs in law, uh, Barrister Baldeep Singh, and it's, it's obviously there's a, there's a cost element to it. And whether it's worth doing a ju- judicial review of the whole process just to basically, you know, um, expose, expose the government, it. that's one option. But then you start thinking the cost of it. I would rather maybe do that cost. I would rather give that cost to that, that, that cost limit to the family um uh, you know, is there well, is there any merit in that we, you know it's just something to think about so so those, these things were all discussed uh mm. at the time because obviously every decision has to be made basically you got days to make a decision because Anna. again mm. what we talked about is kundas lying there in a funeral home in in a fridge in a bag and our hero our inspiration our brother is lying there and the time is ticking in terms of can we give him uh, the send-off that we he deserves. Yes, there are answers, questions to be answered here. Uh, but by here, by this time, we were pretty much all convinced that there's been a huge cover-up here. Um, all adds up. I mean, and, everything about it, every, all, all that chronology, all yeah, adds up. And, to, and it's, it's how the state operate. It's 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 complicit in hiding. Yeah, yeah. So it it weaponizes even, weaponizes bureaucracy. That's yeah, what they've done. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right, and that's exactly what they did. They were absolutely aware of what they were doing, the consequences of it. And when you stand back, and I kind of think that I've got a fairly pragmatic mind and viewpoint on on things, but this was always designed to diminish Kandar's standing in the community, uh, cause inflict as much pain on the family as possible, not allow any sort of gathering, any sort of inspiration his mother and his sister could do in the community. Uh, completely ruin any standing or, or, or perspective that people would have for him because the outpouring of love and I'd say well, filled, love yeah, yeah, so that's powerful, completely right? filled because you know yeah. we said this many times at the funeral a, a thousand kandas have been born you know that was the slogan I remember we were marching with um, kandas body leading um, and there was there was this, uh, an elderly sing on the um, on the on the microphone. And he was just saying, "Today, a thousand kandas have been born." You know, and it was, you know, it was mm-hmm. such a powerful slogan. So they failed; yeah. they completely failed massively. But it just shows that when you see that in its in the cold facts, uh, and everything I've said on this podcast, and I've said it uh, on a couple of shows as well, TV shows, we can support with evidence: uh, email traffic, letters back, phone calls. So nothing is stretched or exaggerated. Um, and I think once you look at it from that way, you clearly see that actually there, there was an assassination. There was a targeting. He's been killed. There was claims of it. So they've claimed responsibility. Now, if you flip mm. this around, 
that let's just say a Sikh group had claimed responsibility for uh, a Hindu or right wing RSS. There would have been arrests. Leader, they right? would have been, yeah, they, yeah. They wouldn't even be interested in the facts or the truth or, the, or no, anything. Yeah. They would have been clamped down. They've, yeah, they've yeah. Raids accepted and uh, <laughs> responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah. And and yet when it's reversed, there's zero uh, credibility given to that. And and this is the quote. But that same narrative and same media that were claiming they've killed him was used in references by the Home Office. And this is what this is the most dangerous thing. And I think um, people uh, on this podcast were doing it on the day 15th of August. And earlier on, there was a um, uh, a Twitter space on um, uh, Saldef, which Saldef hosted on on the Sikh Voice. And um, I, I'd recommend going on that. Um, Twitter space and having a listen to that because it was talking about six censorship and the censorship we have to face. But you touched, you said a very powerful point there, Jazz, is that um, this, this, the social media trolls feed, but they basically bolster up the media, which then gets cited. Um, and that propaganda gets cited at government level. And that's what we've seen um, yeah. with this case here. It started from the trolls. It entered into yeah. the mainstream Indian mainstream media, the Gaudi media, and from the main in Indian media ended up into the Western media, and then from the Western media, it's being cited by the government. Yeah, and that's lies the game and, that lies and misinformation is being propagated as the truth by the media, and now governments are using it to define policy. Mm. And it's and, how do you how yeah. combat that? <laughs> it's, and, and and it also leads into this huge issue now for for Sikh activists all around the world, you know, whatever stage of Sikhi they're at, but people who are, you know, passionate about Sikh human rights, the, the things that are going on in Punjab, this reading between the lines and and, and, and all the cover-up stuff that, you know, Jazz, you've, you've talked about, is that it seems to be an incredibly dangerous world for the Sikh activist. Um, but it won't, hold us, it won't hold anyone back, you know. It won't hold anyone funeral. back. Um, but I think we've got to do more to to kind you, of you know, protect, you know what that, that was a real worry, right? I mean, yeah. look, we 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 share our honest views on this podcast, right? It was a real worry and a concern that if the Indians have reached over and eliminated people on foreign soil, Kanda, Nijar Baji, I mean others, then that's a real dangerous time. And there was a worry that this would push people back. And just like the Jiggy incident has, uh, you, you find it less people are vocal, less people yeah. are coming forward, certainly from a younger generation. And and it was a real worry. But actually having then seen the, 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 the reality at his funeral and the amount of youngsters that were there, I think, it, again, it, we're, we're a different breed. Mm. The keys are you, you. You know, this is why people will never understand us. We're we're not from we're not cut from their cloth. Um, mm. And once you're in the presence of greatness like that and that spirit, it, it it wakens something naturally within you. Now it might not be the same characters, but you somebody who was at that funeral. I guarantee you is going to do something. Is going to stand up in times to come. Will lead our calm, right? Mm. Be be under no illusion or no doubt. Um, it doesn't need to be ten thousand. It just needs to be another one. Yeah. So you you always have that chardikala spirit uh, and and that faith, and I think that's what I think gives us that hope. And 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 you always continue. 
I think I, I think we all know that our you know the the lions and lionesses of the future will never will never kind of flinch from doing you know what they need to do. I think it seems as a Sikhs we need to ask for so you know we need to ask for so much more. You know, for example, Hardeep Singh Nidjar has been unless anyone knows more, he's been blatantly assassinated. Um, in a Gurdwara car park, in the world of CCTV we live in, I don't know if people, have, anyone's been caught or bought today. You know, mm. the most blatant crimes um, that we know in today's world are impossible to get away with scot free, and we hear nothing. Um, young guys passing away, we hear nothing. Um, mysterious car crashes, we hear nothing. This will just keep going and going. So. It, I mean, you spoke to Sky and, and things like that, Jazz. Do you think there's an appetite from these people to actually listen to, you know, the, you know what? the kind you of think, a massacres that's going on? You, really? If you told this story, and Montgomery said it, if you told this story and took the names out, this would be a documentary. Forget a a headline in a newspaper. This would be a running story on all the papers. The problem we have is because it's a Sikh, then it, is, it goes against the government. Uh, no, the no, wind, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right? That'll go in. And this just shows you if you step back, why? You, you ask yourself, why does it? Right? Then the answer to it can only be the government has enough influence and pressure on the media to tell them to avoid. I'm not saying they say you can report this or that, or just to avoid it. And not only does the government have that influence sway, but they're, what we've got to look at, we're up against a superpower. Not only is it the Indian government, it's the Indian billionaires that are connected and beneficiaries of that government. We saw in the farmers' protest, the Ambani's, the Andani's of this world, how vested they are into all of this. So they all have their influences in the diaspora. And that's how they make things happen. There are people in all sorts of positions. And when stories like this come along, they are told to ignore them. Now, the Sky article took a huge amount of effort. It basically took a whole week in setting this up. Mm. And, um, and, providing and it was only facilitated now. because it was a Sikh. And it was Amrit Pal, Amrit, Amrit Singh. Amrit Man, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so you've got that. You, the, the Birmingham Mail story was a Sikh. She was a so Sikh, again, yeah. if it wasn't for our... Um, our Monday in in the media. And to be fair, the Birmingham um, the one, was Stephanie was a, uh, an, an English reporter, Stephanie, who's also covered the Birm the Perry Bar Batka. Okay, she, right, right. She then also picked, I told when I spoke with her on that, right. I told her about this funeral, and and then she sort of followed it up. But it's not, yeah, it takes effort mm. to get it in, and it takes upne seek brave seek journalists to pursue it and press pressure their editors. But the questions we were getting back. Was, was was unbelievable. Jello, you you work with it, and we and we got it out there, and it, and it broke the narrative of the Indian government uh, on Sky News. That it's strange, morning. though. What I found really strange is the reporting by um, Times of India, Naomi yeah. Canton, which was a strange one because she actually referred to Amritpal as an activist, and it pissed off um, the Indians because if you see that thread um, on the Times of India, it, it's basically saying, you know, so you know, you're glorifying a terrorist by calling him an activist. And I found that strange. I didn't, I'd never quite understand the, the game that the Times of India play 
where they sort of, you know, for every um, derogatory article, they put one sort of positive article. It's lazy journalism. Uh, what it is, it's, it's that article was basically a cheap ripoff of the Sky article. And a bit actually, of it was, it was actually, right? it, was, it was copy and pasted actually. Because yeah. Sky was so big, and we touched on this on, on, on that Twitter space you talked about, is when cables are put out and it's the Indian narrative, journalists just pick it up and run it. They don't investigate anymore. They don't search for the facts. They just print and run. And you're seeing that here. Now, when Sky ran the article uh, on, on Kunda, it was written in such a way that it, it gave a reality picture. There's truth to it. And that went so big and so far. It was the fifth most read article on Sky's website that day, which is huge. Mm. They couldn't put something out which was completely contradictory because it would have been slammed. So they ran with it as best they could. They tried to fiddle about with it. Yeah, yeah, true, right? true, true. But yeah. it, they, Naomi, the UK journalist, she knew that was the position. And the interesting thing is, yeah, then you people call him on the He's not been charged or convicted of any terror offences. Again, this is like, how can you such allow journalists, media, government to call label someone? I mean, it's defamation at the highest levels. He's not even been charged. He's not even been charged with any terror offences, right? Let alone convicted. But he's a terrorist by default. And this is the same thing with Kunda. So you have this demonising of an individual. So then it basically legalizes and justifies you killing him, right? And it is so dangerous that this happened on UK soil. And the UK government are completely complicit because not only were they involved in the cover-up, but on the other hand, which we haven't touched on, but we will do it in another podcast, I think Dabinji covered it in probably a previous one, was you now have a joint task force um, at working with the Foreign Office of the NIA uh, National Investigation uh, Agency officers from India and uh, Home Office, civil servants, officials, here, intelligence officers, looking at the Khalistani extremism. And okay. what, yeah, what extremism? And what, why is the resources put to something that doesn't exist? Right? If only to just create what it wants to create. Uh, and this is very dangerous because we saw this, these types of Asian provocateurs in the 80s with, when you had the Rajiv case uh where there wasn't anything happening so they they, they framed they, the individuals they, exactly yeah. they created the scenario they framed them entrapped them mm. and charged them and then put them to prison right and this is a, a very worrying time but again i think what we come back with we, we're now a group of of sex who look at things much more differently objectively and we can deal with it in the same way we can break it down break it the truth get the facts out and break mm. their narrative and their media. And that's what's happening. And the final thing I was going to touch on, so was you touched on is, is what's next. All right. Yeah. We've put him to rest on the call. So again, I, I just ask everyone listening to just do an Ardas for, for Kanda's, uh, and, 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 and for the Parvar as well, that so they, they give him marriage, give him the strength. Um, but there is a program, uh, on the 20th, I mean, you mentioned Montgomery, today's the 15th, it's Indian Independence Day. And there was a huge protest today outside London, the same High Commission. Mm. Uh, and Kunda's name rang out mm. there. There's a really powerful speech by a young girl that's saying, Kunda's my brother, I'm his sister. And there were hundreds more of us. 
Uh, and that's the message that, that the Indians would have got loud and clear. Um, so no matter what, days after his funeral, the community are still standing steadfast and they're still there. So back them, support people. Um, but in terms of next steps, the obviously sharing Kunda's legacy and story is a given. We'll share the facts out, but there will still be efforts. So the investigation isn't closed. Um, yeah. I mean, there is a period of time uh, before uh, he ended up in hospital. Is is there any any suspicions or is there any kind of investigation in so, when so he the, was poisoned, where he was poisoned, where where potentially it could have happened? Yeah. So, so I think there's a, there's multiple strands which we'll which we'll, un, we'll undertake, and we're, we're cautious of putting too much out because of the obstacles. Yeah. We we face, but there will be there's certain things that have already were done that we can continue on, uh, and the investigations, the analysis can continue. Um. So we'll we'll pursue that. There are avenues around the hospital's role which we can pursue. You mentioned the legal route around the visa. Um, I think that, that, that with all of that, the biggest threat really was time. Yeah. In that we, if we wanted to have Kandar visible, we had a very short window in which to to do it. And the decision from Mat. And again, I will emphasize and stress every decision we t- took was with Mataji's blessing uh, and Benji's blessings. And they sort of directed us. We gave them the information. Uh, we gave them the options. And she she well, she took the decisions. And many would have seen the date change from the 5th to the 12th. Yeah. Again, that was Mataji's request. And there was um, an option of, of uh, sending Baisab's body back that, as well. That, that was that was never an option because the oh, Indians no. never, never even um, recognized so that, him as a national... And yeah, so that came in the was, was that, but the reason did that come in the because that was one of the media uh, Indian outlets reported that that they they can, they can't they don't recognize him as an Indian citizen was that because an attempt was made to to um, take uh, Baisal's body back or did they just report that what happened and again just to clarify what happened uh, so a petition was put in the Punjab Haryana High Court um, to have Kunda's body returned to to India so it was, like option was explored yeah. But that wasn't by the family. Um, right. And that uh, application or petition, basically on the hearing of that, that's the judge said, well, we'd, we've got no evidence of him being an Indian national. Um, and there was no attempts. I mean, the, the whole process of sending a body back, this is someone the Indians have killed, have targeted. He's seeking asylum here. They would have had to give him nationality and papers for the body to have gone. And we were already so many months late into it. And, and it was never the, the family's wish to have the mm-hmm. body sent back. Mother, she was very clear she didn't want it coming back here because she okay. didn't trust the authorities to, yeah. to treat it with the respect that it deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was a red herring, mm. that process. The, 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 the time delay was purely to explore whether we could uh, appeal or overturn the visa Um from the home office and and now with the ash they wouldn't budge with the ashes with the ash what what what, what the plans do, do you know so i don't think that that we've that discussion has, has been had uh i think time will time will, will share that in, in the coming days uh with the sangat um and uh and and i'm sure like i said there's a program organized by mataji in mugga on the 20th of august so anyone with any links to punjab please send your families please ask them to attend that program that's Samagam. Um, it will be a full 
samagam an event to mark uh, the legacy and remembrance of 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 Kandabai. so yeah that's the the next milestone and the rest mm. we'll, we'll share with the sangat uh in the coming days and weeks i think it's interesting really on the whole legacy thing and and you know we touched on obviously with 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 this with the recent deaths we've had it's it's easy to look at things on a negative light but i think because of the you know the kind of legacy of of what Baisab and, and another shaheed have done before i think the biggest concern is that this this kind of activism and, and movement seems to be as high as in india as i can probably ever remember it which is why i think the authorities are are more concerned now than ever um hence hence you know they're hence we we're, we're kind of entering into the realm where people are being assassinated and so forth but i think with baisab you know his legacy will live on and i think you know we've already seen evidence of his inspiration on on the coming generation so um, legacy no, lives on in in, in the title in, in shaheed the title of shaheed and no. you know, the, the fact that that's that's the title and that's been given that's sangat parwan um that that's a powerful legacy in itself so you know we will Absolutely. see um his image uh, in our langar halls in mm. our, you know in our in our uh, shaheed galleries now mm. um I mean, father um, Shahid, yeah, son of Shahid. What greater accolade can anyone have hoped for? Yeah, yeah. Um, to, in our philosophy, in our community, in, yes. in our, in mm. our, it is the biggest. You know, it's the biggest title anyone can have. But yes, but thanks, thanks again, both of you, for sort of taking the time out to to really articulate, um, you know, your experiences of of Biasab and obviously the the really powerful funeral um, of this weekend just gone and. I really to all the listeners we'll, we'll keep you updated on on where certain investigations go and certain issues and we'll update you at the at the most appropriate time um you know in the meantime please keep following us on on all our social media channels for for, for the latest news and updates and of course um kind of share our podcast as much as you can so once again guys um thank you so much for your time for this for this special edition um for this tribute to to Baisab it's it's been really sort of inspiring to 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 listen him listen about him really over the last hour or so so thanks so much for your time why guruji ka khalsa why guruji ki fateh Welcome to the Sikh Network podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora.